Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers, the Syracuse Fitness Store, Stanley Law Offices, and Brewerton Ace Hardware. If you are in and around Central New York, you got to get into Brewerton Ace Hardware. Tremendous inside and outside uh, home needs between Garbage cans to grills to shovels to brand new toilets to bird seed. You name it, they've got it. Get on over there, Route 11 in Brewerton, if you're in and around Central New York, in front of the Brewerton Bridge. And, of course, gift cards are always available. And make sure that while you're there, you ask about your ACE savings. You can save a ton of money there. Just uh, join the Rewards Club, and uh, they'll take care of you. Jeff and the team, they're doing an amazing job. Brewerton Ace Hardware, a proud ML Sports Platter Sponsor. We're going to get into some Buffalo Bills uh, playoff, uh, deep playoff hopes. We're going to get into some John Madden. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2022. Uh, those names that have been already released, and obviously we're waiting to see who will uh, get added um, after the Golden Era committees and all the rest. Uh, let's do all that right now with our good friend Scott Petoniak, my man. Longtime best-selling author, uh, contributor on TV, an honored columnist. You can get his work right now at the Rochester Business Journal uh, website, which is rbj.net. That's rbj.net. And on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak. Scott, Happy New Year. Thanks for a few minutes, pal. How are you? I'm doing fine, Mike. It's always great to, to start the year off with you. All right. Thank you for the kind words. Let's start with a couple of football uh, nuggets here, and then we'll go right into the 2022 um, uh, uh, early baseball era committees. You know, the Hall called six via golden days and era, uh, early baseball era committees uh, panels. We'll get into those those folks here in a second. But first things first, how do you remember John Madden and share inside your answer that unbelievable story about how Madden almost coached in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, John Madden was, uh, you know, there, there's been so many tributes out and, and um, uh, he, what struck me about him was that he was just uh, a regular guy when you were dealing with him. And I think that was, you know, I think that was part of his appeal as a, as a coach, as a broadcaster, um, uh, I, I didn't deal with him, you know, on a level of I never played Madden or whatever, but it, but also as a, a promoter of products too, you know, from the the great Miller Light beer commercials and so forth. I mean, somebody said like what you saw off, on camera was the John Madden off camera, and as you and I well know in this business, that's n that's not always the case and is rarely the case. You know, people are on, and then the real person doesn't measure up to the person you saw on air or heard or whatever, you know? So, um, he was, he was the real deal. There was no, uh, you know, there, there, there was no phoniness there. So I, I think, and I think that appealed to people, um, you know, he had his own inimitable style. Uh, he wasn't a cookie cutter analyst. I, I think he really changed the genre and stuff of being himself, um, you know, on the air, uh, not necessarily being polished obviously, but yet, um, giving you a great insight into the game uh, with, without talking down to you or whatever. 
whatever, or, you know, trying to fill your brain with, with meaningless stats or whatever, you know, or analytics or whatever. Um, you know, so, so there was just a, a genuine, like every man appeal to him. I think that, um, you know, I, I just think resonated with people. I know, I know it did with me in the, in the, the few times that I did, uh, have the, the pleasure of interviewing him. Um, it was just, you know, you were talking to a guy like he could have been in that, you know, sitting at that bar in that Miller beer commercial and stuff and, 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 you know, shooting the breeze about, uh, about football and about life or whatever. So, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's what struck me about him. And, and, and as far as like, you know, it was really cool. The only thing that would have been better, Mike, is if I had actually interviewed him on the Madden cruiser, but I did interview him by phone while he was driving. Wow. And I remember the first thing I said, so, so John, you know, where are you right now? Cause they were, he was coming in to Buffalo. Um, I want to say this is somewhere around 2006 or whatever. It was toward the end of his broadcasting career. And I uh, goes, Oh, he goes, well, let me, let me check here. And so he goes like, we're on I 90, uh, somewhere in, in, uh, Indiana. And he goes, man, is it flat out here? <laughs> you know, we've been, we've been on some flat land for a long time. And, um, but anyway, that was when, he was coming into Buffalo. He genuinely loved Buffalo. He definitely could have been a Buffalo guy, you know. I mean, um, and that's when he told me the story that after John Rausch had uh, left, you know, the uh, Raiders to come to Buffalo to coach uh, the Bills, um, he offered John a job, and John seriously considered it. And, you know, people just think like, wow, you know, th- it was a no-brainer for, you know, Al Davis to hire this guy as, as the head coach of the Raiders. But Madden was only like 32 years old at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had some success and stuff, but um, it, I think it was part of the genius of Al Davis at that time that he was, you know, he's such a maverick and, and such a, a, a person who thought outside the box that he saw something special in Madden. He said, this is the guy, you know, this is the guy that we need. We've got a great team and this is the guy who can take us to the promised land. And, um, but, you know, Madden said, I, you know, I seriously considered, you know, coming to Buffalo with John Roush. And I, I just think, you know, could you imagine like John Roush was in in one of the the dumbest moves in the history of sports, tried to make a decoy of OJ Simpson and, and also wanted him to block, wanted him to do all these things and stuff, you know, I mean, and, and it was absolutely ludicrous and ultimately cost him his job. But just think like the, the, the delectable possibilities, Mike, if Ralph, when, you know, he fired uh, John Roush af- after two dismal seasons and stuff, if he had promoted within and, and which Ralph was known to do. And if he had promoted this big gregarious guy, lug of a guy um, by the name of John Madden, I mean, unbelievable. How, you know, could you imagine? I mean, can you think of a, a more Buffalo guy, though? I mean, I mean, John oh, Madden God. would have embraced Buffalo because of his enormous appetite for everything: football, food, drink, life. Yeah. Um, you know, he just—I just think he would have. Uh, you know, now, you know, Madden also says like, I, I walked into an incredible situation in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's, that team's loaded with Hall of Fame, championship caliber players, and we saw what happened over the course of the next 10 11 years where where uh you know madden just had a a remarkable record that would have been even more remarkable had there this not been the same era as as those 
you know, incredible dynastic Pittsburgh Steelers teams. You know, this was also the time of of Shula and those Dolphins teams early on. What an era. I mean, you know, it was just, uh, and, and, you know, not for like an immaculate reception. He's probably got another ring. Yeah. And who knows, you know, a couple other breaks here and there. And he might have had, you know, three, four, five rings. Um, They were that great a team. And that was such a great era. But he had the misfortune of, of, you know, of poor timing and some some bad luck. You know, so just some bad bounces of, of the football and stuff. But um, just an incredible guy, Mike, on so many levels. If you think about it, this guy's, you know, a Hall of Famer as a coach, obviously. Uh, you know, a Hall, a Hall of Famer as a broadcaster, 16 Emmys. And he changed, you know, the way that, that um, you know, that – football analysts like you know instead of treating this everything like life and death or whatever you know it was football it's supposed to be fun yep. and he made it fun um and 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 then you know then the madden game i i think you know again i'm not a i'm not a gamer whatever but i also understand the importance generational importance several generations that that game had on people in creating a love for the game and understanding for the game and now we're seeing, Mike, with generation, you know, this generation now, many of these these guys, you know, this, this the way the game has changed in these quarterbacks, they learned this style of football playing mm-hmm. that game, mm-hmm. you know, taking chances, like changing the game, the passing game, and so forth. We're gonna we're gonna air it out, and they learned a lot of concepts, and I, I really do believe that there was an educational component there um, that has has helped us into this this new era of football now yeah there's rule changes and all this other stuff you know and concerns about concussions and a lot of things you know contributed but i think that was a contributing factor as well and then a hall of fame endorser this guy was as big as it got you know in terms of endorsing products and so forth you know whether it was you know uh fast acting tenactin you know miller miller light beer um you know uh you know aces the place you know, I mean, I mean, I just, you know, I, I hear that voice. You know, he was promoting everything. He was that big, that popular, uh, a person. So, and and on top of that, it, it, you know, if you, when you see the the documentary that Fox did, um, and you and you see like his sons talking, well, the guy was a Hall of Fame father too. Um, you know, so just a remarkable person, and I think, you know, sometimes Mike. Um, with legendary sports figures or in, in any walk of life, um, sometimes we don't really appreciate their impact until they die. Mm-hmm. It's sad, um, you know, and I think that, you know, yeah, I think we all understood, but I think, you know, like when someone dies, then we kind of take stock of their lives and go like, holy crap. I mean, yeah. this this guy on so many levels was was larger than life you know and and it's like his wife said his wife said that you know everything john touched seemed to turn to gold and it did yeah um, yeah you know so heck of um, heck of a career in in all in all those ways and and you're right about the 70s era sometimes you are a great team an elite team for a long time or even a short time and because the era you're in you don't get more than one ring, or you may not even get one ring. Ewing, Barkley, Stockton, Malone, Wilkins, those teams with the Jordan era. You look at the three big guys in men's tennis. How many more majors would an Andy Murray have, an Andy Roddick have? Um, you know, Brady, you know, does Manning have four or five rings if Brady isn't, 
you know, doing his thing with the Patriots. So it's it's crazy to look back on that stuff and that story, man, where he almost coached in Buffalo is 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 really great. Um, speaking of Buffalo, uh, this podcast will air after the final game against the Jets. Uh, but let's get into not that game, but the deeper conversation, the playoff hopes of the Bills. In other words, deep playoff hopes. How dangerous are they? How how not so dangerous are they, Scott? I mean, what, how do you feel about them? How, how do you read them? Can they win at home? Can they win at the road on the road? Do you feel like they're balanced? Are you worried about Allen? Take me through your your crystal ball of what you know the deep playoff hopes for this team uh, really are. Well, um, I think they can beat anybody. Uh, you know, Green Bay would be it's going to be a tough out. There's no question about it, the way that Rodgers is playing, and they seem to be a more balanced team and a, a better defense than they've they've had recently. And but we you know we saw like with the Bills' performance against uh, uh, Tampa Bay you know, particularly in the, in the second half, the first half, they were horrible, but you know, they, they showed they can play and, and, and even, you know, come that close to beating, uh, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time and the defending Super Bowl champs. So they, they have the ability. I would, I wouldn't be surprised at all for them to beat anybody, but I guess my concern um, is just the lack of consistency and it just seems this season's been kind of strange, you know, in that way. I mean, when they're on and when Allen's on and everything, I mean, I'll put him up against anybody. You know, like, I mean, he, he, we've seen he can carry a team. He can alter a game. He is a big-time talent. But there's an inconsistency that has plagued this team. You know, some you know people say, wow, you know, some injuries on the line and they're juggling – and, you know, on and on and on, all these things. But I just haven't seen the consistency I think that we saw from last year's team. And it's it's hard to definitely, you know, put a, a finger on it. it. You know, is it because there's fans in the stands this year? Is it, you know, the, the schedule is is obviously more demanding this year than it was last year. But, again, that, that's not the Bills' fault. Um, so I, I, I guess that's what concerns me. Can they, can they string together, you know, for – outstanding games uh because now you can't you know when we get when we get to the postseason that's when you can't have you can't have like a you know off and on performance and you know because you're not playing the atlanta falcons okay um you you know you do that and you're probably going to be gone uh in, in in you know if you're not you're not bringing your good game every game and that's where i guess that's that's i guess my only my question about them is because you know, talent-wise, and and with with seventeen, um, I like my chances. I really do. I, I feel this is a very very good football team and can be a championship football team. But this is where okay, all right, now you got to do it four games in a row. And um, I, I, you know, I just I have my doubts um, about that. Um, you know, I, I I I'm not overly fearful of really anybody in the AFC, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, the Colts are probably a bad matchup for the Bills, but, you know, you know, can, can they, like, can they this time shut down the run game or do a better job and then force the game into Carson Wentz's hands? Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they you know, for, were not for a slip. Uh, they could have beaten Tennessee. And I've got to give Tennessee their due. I thought after Henry, I go, like, they're done, you know, 
they're they're a one trick pony. But they they've shown me a lot. That team has taken on the personality of that coach. But in in Kansas City, you know, you beat them. You beat them there, yeah. which you may have to do again. Um, so that should that roadblock has been removed. That mental block. But can you be consistent? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can be. If you can, can you put four together in a row? I I don't know. And that's I guess that's my biggest concern with this football team right now. And that damn loss to the Jaguars, it was going to come back to bite them somewhere, whether it was keeping them from the playoffs, keeping them from an opportunity to win the division. In this particular case, it almost looks like it could keep them from getting, you know, the one seed overall as well. So that that loss really, you come back to that and, and that slip in Tennessee where I thought the Bills really outplayed the Titans. Those two games right there, and the Bills have the one. They're going in this weekend with you know, closing the door on that. Uh, we're talking with Scott Petoniak, the longtime columnist and uh, best-selling author, of course, on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak, and you can get his work at rbj.net. Uh, uh, Scott, I recently, as you know, because I, I, I know you listen to it and I appreciate that, I just had Jim Cott on my podcast, and um, the, the Hall calls six via the golden days and early baseball era committees. We wait for uh, who else is going to get in, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But for all of these guys here, Jim Cott, Tony Oliva, uh, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minoso, uh, Bud Fowler, Buck O'Neill, all of these guys get in. Your overall thoughts, do you have a problem with any of them in? And obviously the Jim Cott thing, I'll tell you right now, I mean, whether you think he is or not a Hall of Famer, um, he broke it down beautifully, the different levels of Hall of Famers. And you know what? It just can't happen to a better guy than Jim Cott. Yeah, um, I was really happy for him. Um, again, I, I've always argued that why aren't we looking at the totality of a career in baseball? Um, you know, and, I, and I, I look at a guy like Phil Rizzuto. I personally, you know, um, despite what Ted Williams you know, said and others, I don't know if he was a Hall of Fame shortstop. He was a very, very good player and was a very integral part of a number of those championship teams. But... If you put, you know, on top of that, you know, 40 years as this, this, this great zany ambassador of baseball as a broadcaster, I think that package, yeah. Because I think there, is, there should be a place for people who promote the game, the goodness of the game and stuff. I think that, that they belong in halls of fame. Um, so I, I was happy, you know, in, in the case of Jim Cott, you know, I, I think in either way you make an argument, like, I mean, his broadcasting career has been sensational. And I think just as we were talking about John Madden, I think Mad, the Madden Pat Summerall team was the best there ever was to do football. I think the Bob Costas, Jim Cott team is the best pairing ever to do baseball. And that's saying a lot, given all the great, great broadcasting teams, you know, through through the years and people I listen to going back to Mel Allen and Red Barber and stuff when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was happy for him. He's a tremendous ambassador, a great storyteller. And, oh, by the way, he had a, one hell of a, a, a career um, as, as a pitcher. And, you know, longevity does play into this, you know, like uh, it, it, whether or not you're a Hall of Famer. And, and, and yeah, the way he, he, he talked about there's different levels. And, and Jim Palmer once told me that, too, that there's different shelves you know, in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, they might put all the plaques, like, and you can't tell or whatever, but I'm sorry. You know, there are certain people that are top shelf, and then there's different levels, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's a Hall of Fame. Not everybody can be Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, you know, um, uh, you know, Hank Aaron. 
uh, Mickey Mantle. I mean, you know, so that's fine. Um, overall, I, I don't have a problem with any of them. Um, I'm, I'm really happy also for Gil Hodges because, again, when we take the total package, like, I'm sorry, but his managing should factor into that too. And, and you know, in the Miracle Mets, um, he was the perfect guy uh, for that team at that time. Uh, you know, to win it all just seven years after they had, you know, the 120 loss season and, and uh, were just pathetic. Um, so, yeah, I look at, I look at those guys and, and perhaps the one I'm most happy about is Buck O'Neill. And I just, again, I just wish that Buck had gone in um, when he was alive. And They blew uh, that. They blew that. Yeah. Yeah. And, le- and let's be honest here. Okay. Like Unbelievable. Every, everybody looks at the hall, the hall. Well, the Hall put together a blue ribbon panel of, of Negro League historians. Correct. And so, you know, we can just say, oh, the Hall, the Hall, the Hall. Well, no, they put this together, and that's what those guys decided. And believe me, I was like, when, when they made that decision, I go like, what? I know. And, and I go back to the ambassadorship. I mean, the game has never had a greater ambassador and a nicer person oh. than Buck O'Neill. I mean, and yeah, we didn't discover him. America didn't discover him until Ken Burns. And, but but from that point on, and doesn't he? Didn't he deserve credit back then for forming the Negro Leagues Museum? Right. And for and for calling attention, spending all that time calling attention to people that we didn't know about but should have known about. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why that wasn't factored in. Like, you know, yeah, I can't give you a war for that. Okay, Mike. Yep. I, I can't. I can't give you a war. I can't. I can't break it down. Like, okay, he was so a so-so player, or he was a little bit better than the average player, and all these other guys are better. You know, I'm sorry. There are intangibles um, in life and in sports, and my goodness. And for him, I, I mean, I couldn't do this, and I don't know if you could have. Uh, you, you get you get snubbed, right? And then who do they ask to to go and talk about? All, all these these dead people that they're finally getting around to put in who should have been in long ago. Um, it's Buck O'Neill, and he gave he gave a wonderful speech and told you about these people, and even though he, he deep inside he obviously was hurting um, for not getting this honor, you know. So so I'm very very happy for him. Um, you know, it's tough that it was it was a good ballot. Uh, I guess Dick Allen's a guy that um, I was hoping would get in. Um, you know, I think, again, uh, I, I look back at that era, and he was one of the most feared hitters in baseball, um, you know, and uh, it looked like he was he was going to get this time. I mean, I'm happy that he was alive for the Phillies last year to retire his number so that he could at least, um, you know, celebrate that and stuff. So it's tough. It's tough because, you know, you, you have – you have uh, you can only put four names on a ballot, so for them to get that many is pretty. That's pretty good. I, I think that's more than probably they were expecting uh, to get. And you know, Tony Oliva, I remember him as a, a three time batting champion, and he was he was a feared hitter in the, you know, particularly in the '60s uh, with with you know a great lineup that the Twins had with you know Killebrew and Bobby Ellison and some others. So. Um, yeah, there, there's you know there's some people that I, I would like to have seen. I, I think I think my you know showing my Yankee bias I'll be accused of, but you know I mean people like Allie Reynolds um, deserve some you know people need to go do their homework a little bit more. Um, 
uh, this guy was the ace of you know those those five World Series uh, consecutive World Series championship teams and pretty good pitching staff with Vic Rashi and then of course Ford added to the mix and stuff. But but he was the ace. Um, and you know you go back and look at his stats and they're probably comparable to Pettit's. Um, you know, and he, he was a he was a big game pitcher. He certainly was. So so you know there, there's some other guys that I think um, uh, hopefully you know down the road. Uh, will um, will get in. All right, final one for you in the two, three minutes I have left. Do we even have baseball in 2022? Yeah, we do. Uh, unfortunately, I think there's going to be some games lost. Um, and again, uh, a pox on both their houses, on, you know, the commissioner and, and on the Players Association. Such um, a joke. No, Nobody God. wants to hear this stuff. Nobody wants to I know. hear squabbling, uh, you know, billionaires and multimillionaires. Uh, you're, you're so tone deaf to, you know, what is going on in this world right now. Uh, and also your your place in the world, your sports place in the world. And I love the game. I love the game more than any other. But, man. Uh, right now you don't. Yeah. Right well, now, I don't. Yeah. I'll yeah, tell you that. Guys, I, I mean, guys, it's so they, far they, down they my list, it. man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, um, you know, I know what it can, could be, uh, again, if it, you know, if there was just some leadership yeah. and if there was just, yeah. uh, uh, and, and, and if, you know, and, it, and it, it has to be both sides working at this that, you know, we, get, we got a golden goose here. Let's not kill it. Yeah. And, man, they're taking a meat cleaver to it. They just don't care. Uh, what's happened to the miners is just absolutely um, tragic um, and and uh, disgusting, uh, and again reflects an under a short money grabbing uh, approach instead of uh, an understanding that this is how you grow the game, you know, fan by fan for life at a young age by giving them this intimate um, introduction to baseball. Uh, so I, I, I'm I am fed up you know, with a lot of it. No doubt. You can get him on Twitter at Scott Petoniak, the longtime best-selling author, nationally honored columnist, TV contributor, and more. And his work can be found at rbj.net and go grab his books online where books are sold. Scott, I really appreciate this. Uh, continued success uh, your way. And uh, next time around, we'll uh, we'll see what, what the bills have done and, and if we have baseball and who else gets in the hall. So, uh, it's a new year, and uh, the, the topics are never short. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. Always a pleasure. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by your great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers. Log on today to welchjewelers.com. That's welchjewelers.com. Shop the showcase at Welch & Company Jewelers. A huge tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Barks & Rec Doggy Daycare, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Stanley Law Offices, and our great, great friend, Brian Conboy, MassMutual, New York State. Go check out his financial plans at advisors.massmutual.com and get with him on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Change your financial future today with Brian Conboy. This is the ML Sports Platter. I'm on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Thanks to Scott Petoniak. Keep those downloads and subscriptions coming and the five-star reviews and feedback. All of it helps a great deal. Happy New Year to one and all. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.